0: Hello, and welcome to Bookmarked, where you can take a pause and dive into the wide world of literature. We just want to let our listeners know that the views expressed in this episode are the views of the participants and are not affiliated with the Benton School District. And this episode may contain spoilers, so please listen at your own risk. Alright guys, so it's February, and in honor of Black History Month, we wanted to record an episode that focused on Black authors or Black protagonists. Um, I'm here with Becca, and we each read a book that featured either a black author or a black protagonist, and we're just going to kind of share our thoughts on that, I guess. Becca, do you want to start? Uh, sure.
1: So, I wrote a book called Stolen Into Slavery, The True Story of S- Solomon Northsup, Free Black Man, and this is kind of like a summary of his story that he wrote, and it's just like a shorter book version. And so what happens is he has been a free black man his whole life. He lives in New York and he has a wife, two daughters, and a son. And he goes out looking for a job and is offered a job playing the violin in a circus. Now, these men are pretty smart about it. They gain his trust by going to uh, the bank or wherever it was that he goes and gets his free papers that are pretty much just saying like, hey, I'm a free black man, I am not a slave, so I I can do what I want. And so he has them in his pocket and he is just so excited to finally find a job that has such good pay that he forgets to leave leave a note for his wife because he thinks he'll be coming home with a bunch of money, that's not good. So he goes this new little friends and they go to a bar after a successful show and they end up roofing him pretty much and they kidnap him they take his papers and they take him to what is called a slave pen which is just like a prisoner for all the slaves and um it's kind of like the marketplace and um so after they kidnap him he says hey i'm a i'm free why have you kidnapped me this is illegal take me back home and he's asking where his papers went because they're not in his pocket anymore and they pretty much just call him a liar and they just beat him until he stops saying that he's been kidnapped and so He's now just kind of lost hope on the fact of people believing that he's a free man. And so he gets bought by another seller, I guess. And they take him to Louisiana, because they want to get him as far away as they can from uh, New York area, where he's been his whole life. Louisiana is pretty far
0: yeah. they
1: so they take him to Louisiana and then they sell him again. Now, instead of selling him under his actual name, which people will be looking for, they change his name to Platt. And then, whenever you're bought as a slave, your last name then becomes the name of your owner. So he is bought by a name, na- man named Ford and his name becomes Platt Ford. Now, Ford is a very generous man, and he really takes care of his workers. But, of course, it is still slavery. It's still wrong. They still don't get treated with enough human humanity, I guess. And so, he, he still
0: really just wants to go home.
1: You know, he has a family. He has children. He has a wife. And I don't know where
0: he's gone. Yeah. He's just off the map.
1: Yep, no, there's just nothing pointing to where he could be. So, he ends up working under Ford, and Ford actually owes money to one of his workers named Bolt. And so, he owes, I believe, $600, and they both agree that Platt is worth $10,000. So, he gives Tibolt 60% rights of Platt. So, that pretty much means that he has full custody of him, but he's not allowed to kill him.
0: Oh, and all kind! Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, so, Tibalt is really mean and one day Platt messes up, not even a big mess up, and Tibalt tries to whip him for it and... Platt has not been used to this. He's never been whipped before in his life. He, he, he's not even a slave. He's a free man who has been kidnapped. And so he decides to fight to Bolt back. And they both are trying to kill each other. And, of course, Platt comes on up on top. And Bolt hates this. And tries to have him killed. But Ford gets back in time. To save him. And um, pretty much what happens is they decide that DeVault and Platt just can't be together anymore. They go on a little break and then, yeah, he goes and he's rented out to another farm. He comes back and DeVault says he's over everything and then tries to kill him again. He's clearly not
0: over it. Yeah.
1: Someone's a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> and so. They end up deciding, you know what, we're just going to sell Platt to someone else because Ford's like, I already have 40% of this dude, I'm not going to let him be killed. And so they sell him for 10000 and they both get their share of money and he goes to work for a man name, Alps. Alps is mean and he whips his slaves all the time. Now Platt's kind of learned that he doesn't need to fight his owners anymore and so He just listens to what they say. So, Platt ends up making lots of friends and he's just a really social guy. He's made lots of friends and that makes Mr. Elps really mad. And so he, he, Platt gets a lot of punishments. He gets whipped all the time but this man named Brass comes along and he is um he's a white man and he is being paid to help build a building at the farm and Platt has experience in carpentry and so he's pulled over too now Brass is a very kind man unlike Mr. Elps and he really listens to what these slaves have to say Now, Brass finally gets close enough to Platt and he tells him that he's a stolen free man. And he asks Brass to write some letters to his family or just people in New York so they know where he's at and he can be freed. And he decides to do that and months pass. And Platt really just feels helpless. Like he's like, man did you actually write those letters or not and he's like i did i don't know why nobody's come here to save you but finally one day when it's early morning mr elps is on the front porch but he remembers he forgot his whip so he goes inside the house but at that exact time there is a carriage that arrives and They go straight to the field and they ask where a guy named Platt's at. And they go, do you go by any other name, sir? And he goes, my name's Solomon Northup. And so they go, you're coming with us. You're now freed. We've found you. And they go into the owner's house. He is so mad. He's like, why didn't you tell me I had a free man? (laughs) And yeah. Anyways, they free him. And, um, they tried to catch the people that were responsible for this. Sadly, they did get away with it. I don't believe they got into any trouble. But as it kind of like a we are sorry, sad little apology thing, this dude was kept as a slave, let alone is horrible, but he was a free man who was kidnapped and enslaved for 12 years, they were like, oh, we'll give you 75K just to kind of smooth things over. Wow, that replaces so much of what he's lost. Yep. I mean, he does get to go back to his family, which he's lost 12 years of lifetime with them. And so he's pretty much just rebuilt, trying to rebuild his life. And he gets back into carpentry work and he kind of just goes around telling his story for the rest of his life. And then mysteriously, you just don't hear about him anymore. I mean, many think that maybe he was killed by the men that kidnapped him in the first place and then others just think that he lived on with his happy, like, going on, just becoming an old man and living a nice life with his grandkids and his family. But the kind of, the ending of him is just really unknown. But. I think this was a really heartfelt book. You think? I yeah, like it, it. It broke my heart that this man had to endure all this. It breaks my heart that anyone would have to. But
0: yeah, especially if he had never been in, enslaved before, and so he just yep. didn't understand. That's scary, it's terrifying. It's scary it probably doesn't cover it. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us about your book? Okay. So I read um, Run. It's a graphic novel that was written in part by the late Senator John Lewis. And it's, um, so John Lewis was part of the civil rights movement. And I think he's kind of overshadowed by Dr. King. And I mean, Dr. King did some really great stuff. But I think John Lewis did some more behind the scenes stuff that we don't hear about. Yeah. And so Run is his um, point of view. On what happened in the civil rights movement. And for those of you listening at home, uh, John Lewis was part of the uh, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC. And um, it started out as like students, I believe it was black students, Mm -hmm. who wanted to get the word out about, you know, the nonviolent protest and rights and things like that. And so I think it was a good book. I enjoyed it. I think what really stuck out to me was that, like, you don't, the stuff that was in uh, Run, you don't hear about in the history books, or, like, you don't yeah. see it in the footage. Because, like, John Lewis knew a lot of the big names, like, um, Stokely Carmichael, he's, he's important, yeah. and Dr. King, even, to some extent, he knew them very personally. And, like, you know, he, he had fights with them, and they didn't always get along, but, Nobody ever talks about that in the history books, you know? And I also feel like something that we should, you know, think about a little bit is how exhausting it must have been to be running the civil rights movement, basically. Because the, I think the whole theme throughout the book is that he's... John Lewis is just tired. Yeah. Because he's... He'll be away from home for months at a time, and he's constantly in danger of, you know, being hurt or killed, and... It's just never talked about the enormous toll that it took on the leaders of the civil rights movement or the SNCC and things like that. Um, I, I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. One thing I did not know that I learned, I learned a lot of things, but one of them was that so the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee was not always in agreement with like the other um, civil rights groups of the time. Like, they, um, so the Black Panther Party came into power towards the, I think it was the late 60s, and the SNCC did not really agree with the Black Panther idea, which was basically just crush the people, no nonviolence, nothing like that, just, just make, just we want rights and we want them now. That's where the idea of black power kind of arose from, but uh, the SNCC did not agree with that because... they they just didn't and so there was it wasn't always a united front you know and they just you never really hear about that it's like oh yeah they're all agreeing with each other that they want rights and they did all want equal rights which is completely fair and valid and they should have had equal rights a long time ago but it's just the way they wanted to do it was different and you don't they don't ever talk about that yeah people don't you know and then um, also at this time, the Vietnam War was kind of kicking into gear. I don't remember exactly when the Vietnam War started, but it was, I think it was late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, Does that sound right? I think um, so. And so the SNCC actually disagreed with the draft because they had found, like, they did research that showed that um, a disproportionate number of black americans were drafted and then you know sent to vietnam to die basically and that's not to say that you know white americans didn't go to vietnam and die as well but they felt that the sncc excuse me felt that it was disproportionate and that the draft was wrong because of that they actually released a really controversial statement of kind of condoning the draft and they got a lot of flack for it and i just i didn't know that I didn't either. Yeah, and I just, um, I couldn't speak to the whole disproportionate number of one group being sent to Vietnam or not, but I think it would be interesting to see if it's true.
1: I think it would. I think, um, after hearing this book, I kind of want to read it, because mm-hmm. this is just things that you don't really hear about in, the, yeah. in your history classes, but I think this could be something that maybe we could do a little more homework on, and yeah, maybe... This
0: could be
1: shown in our school system.
0: I don't know. Like, like I just feel like kids should we I think many teachers do their best or do a very good job at showing not just the white perspective frankly, but also trying to show the perspective of black Americans but um that that's that's you don't hear about that stuff just really because nobody talks about it and maybe it should be talked about uh, I
1: completely agree
0: with you on that. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about with your book? um,
1: I think that's about it. I just... I think these are both two really good stories that you could maybe find some time to read if you really want to know some more about kind of where we have come from in the United States. And some of the things that
0: black people have had to endure. I mean, sometimes I worry that we haven't come as far as we thought we had. Yeah. So I look back at stuff like that, and I'm not saying that you know, people aren't you know, lynched in mass numbers like they used to be, but it's still not as fair and equal as we would like to believe. I hope that well, I,
1: I want there to be change now. But I hope that over time we really can hit that. Completely equal. Because no one deserves to be treated lower. Yes. I, I think everyone's life is valuable. No matter what you look like. I think that's something that I wish our well, later... I wish that the people before us would have felt the same way
0: past generations, yeah. Yeah. I just, I hope that one day we can all get along and it doesn't matter what you look like or where you've been, just who you are now. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for listening, guys. This has been Bookmarked. Catch us next week anywhere you can hear podcasts. And all of our music is provided by Fez Lion Studios. Thank you. Bye. Bye guys.